Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries. I'm your host, John, and today we're going to be taking a look at The Waking of Willoughby Hall by Ben Milton of Questing Beast fame. After the music. Okay, so I recently acquired this adventure from swordfishislands.com. It's center sapled soft bound hard copy. It's 31 pages long. And as I said in the intro, it's The Waking of Willoughby Hall, written by Ben Milton. As we open it, we get a very simple map of a manor building, the first floor. Each of the rooms is labelled with a descriptive name, like tomb room, smoking room, etc. They all have the page reference on the actual map, telling you where you can find more details. And they each have an arrow pointing to them, with a few bullet points to sum up the salient details. As we turn over the page, we get the next floor up done in the same style all very clear and nice and then on the page after that we get a diagram of the roof and the two towers of the manor house and then we go on to the sort of like introduction slash credit page where we're told that the writing layout and cartography were by ben milton cover title design illustrations are by sam mamily and advice and editing was by jacob hurst and there's a list of the play testers as well we then go on to a double page spread, which gives us the sort of background or the precursor to this adventure. And it's basically a small group of adventurers used their nous and the various abilities they had to steal a goose that lays golden eggs from an angry giant. Unfortunately, they weren't quite as successful as they hoped they were going to be. And as they tried to get away, the goose started honking and all manner of tomfoolery and the giant gave chase. The giant in this case being called Bonebreaker Tom, and he crashed to earth like a meteor in his pursuit of them. They fled through over hill and dale to escape from this giant with him ever giving pursuit. Eventually they reached the crumbling carcass of Willoughby Hall, an abandoned estate with an evil reputation. They've hidden themselves inside, hoping for rescue as the giant rages outside. The giant, having rampaged through a nearby village, snatched the bell of a church and he's now wielding it like a mace battering the outside of willoughby hall like a force of nature we get a little bit of an overview of this and then we're also told that intriguingly there's a bit of a time limit on this adventure because the the evil in willoughby hall is reacting to the blessed bell that bonebreaker tom is battering against the outside of the premises and each time he whaps it with this bell the evil is becoming more roused when the players first arrive it's sort of sleeping it's dormant but each time that Bonebreaker Tom is rolled on the random monster table, he moves to a different part of the hall, whacks it with a bell, and slowly the manor starts to awaken. And all sorts of strange effects start to occur, as this is the case, from undead rousing to candles lighting themselves to parts of the manor collapsing, etc. Because although the hall is being awakened by the blessed bell, it is also sort of undoing the evil enchantments that linger thereabouts. 
We get a list of hooks as to why the players might be involved, ranging from they travelled through Turnip Hill, the village where the bell was stolen from, and they hear about it. They might be related to one of the beleaguered party of adventurers. Or we're given some an example of if it's a one-shot, they might just be there to loop Willoughby Hall when all this tomfoolery breaks out. The next double page spread tells us the details of getting in and out of the manor and getting into it's fairly easy you just have to wait till the giants over the other side of the building and you can nip in however due to his height getting out is incredibly difficult and he's determined that he wants to get his goose back and get the bodies of those who are responsible but because the player characters and most human-sized people are so tiny by comparison to him he can't really tell the difference between like smaller people as he sees it so he could easily mistake the player characters for one of the thieves we're told that the monsters and npcs in the waking of willoughby hall use minimalist stats which can easily be translated into most old school rpg systems and i think that's a good idea to be honest because everyone's got their favorite retro clone or version of dnd that's their preference so keeping the stats simple allows people to just do a little bit of work on the fly and easily slot it into their game we get a number of encounter tables for when the the evil in Willoughby Hall is sleeping, when it's restless, so it's just started to wake up, and when it's fully awake. We get stats for Bonebreaker Tom, and a cool little picture of him wearing this like, large, like, pimp-tastic dressing gown and swinging this huge church bell about. We're told there is a death knight in, the, in Willoughby Hall. We get some stats for that. Some stats for skeletal servants who aren't normally particularly hostile, but they can be commanded by the Death Knight. Then we get a little write-up and stats for some of the sort of key NPCs that might be encountered in Willoughby Hall. So we get Elias Fenwick, who is an evil occultist who was once the owner of Willoughby Hall 120 years ago, but he mysteriously vanished. However, if he can somehow be returned from the past, then he can command the Death Knight. There's Lavinia Coldwater, a ghostly aristocrat who her spirit lingers in the area and she knows some of the secrets of the hall. There is Horatio, a ghostly footman, and there is also a taxidermied owlbear which can come to life. And I sort of took this idea and used it in a recent Old School Essentials campaign to have like some bear rugs that were taxidermied rise up as animated creatures and attack the player characters. We then get details of the the hero part, I say hero party, heroes in inverted commas, who stole the goose and fled to the hall. There is Helmet Halfsword, a seemingly fairly butch human fighter with seniority and experience, but he's actually a bit of a coward at heart. There is Lisbeth Grund, a chaotic thief who ironically seems to be the most moral part of this little group and there is apocalypse and a level three chaotic magic user who is all about just getting that goose and getting out she's the one who planned the little heist and she doesn't care who she has to sacrifice in order to get what's coming to her and also we have mildred the horrible magic goose who lays the golden egg the next few pages show us the map again of the manor and it highlights a few of the different rooms. And we get details on those. These are nice and clearly laid out in a manner similar to that used in the Old School Essentials modules from Necrotic No. Details of import are put in emboldened text and a judicious use of bullet points 
is used to make it quite clear what information you're looking for it's an osr supplement so of course we have a night garden that is full of various different types of fungi and there is a nice random table for determining those you can roll on to determine scent taste what it looks like and what effect it has i'm sure i'll probably slot that into all the other random fungus tables i have we then get details on the rooms in the rest of the house again laid out in a very similar clear fashion so what do i think of this adventure well i think it's an intriguing adventure that is as the author says it's a location based adventure that doesn't really have a massive overarching plot it presents the player characters with an environment full of rewards and dangers and it leaves them to do their thing in this environment and make what they will of it creating their own adventures and their story as they go along rather than trying to sort of plop a predetermined one on them and i like the fact the adventure wears its heart on its sleeve it's not trying to reinvent the wheel it's not trying to do anything overly complex it's like here's a big location there's some adventure hooks there's some intriguing treasures there's some threats traps mysteries to unravel go do what you do best player characters but also it still adds a couple of intriguing tweaks there's the additional challenge of the giant sort of making it difficult to get in and out of the manor and also there's this sort of inherent time limit where the giant is whapping the bell against the manor slowly waking it up but also disrupting the evil enchantments on it which could pretty much lead to the collapse of the manor eventually and i quite like this because one of the problems that i've experienced with location-based adventures can be that the players and the player characters seem to think they've got all the time in the world to explore the location as they see fit and this can lead to a, a lack of urgency in games and just generally things dragging along a little bit whereas the fact that there is this time limit built into this adventure could help to sort of lessen that and also it means that the dungeon is constantly changing as it's slowly waking up so it's not a static place even though the location is largely the same there are going to be changes going on whether it's candles lighting whether it's the floor of one of the rooms collapsing whether it's the death knight awakening in his crypt as the player characters are going to be exploring things are going to be different in rooms even ones that they've investigated beforehand so it gives them a nice reason to like go back and check on locations they've been in previously i think the layout of this book is very nice it's a five size two column layout as i said earlier it's very clearly done to make the information that you need as accessible as possible it's all black and white aside from the outside cover and the artwork has this cool sort of semi-cartoony style which to be honest i really like and i find it suits the the slightly irreverent tone of most old school adventures so i'm a big fan of stuff like that i don't think it necessarily suit all roleplay supplements but for this one it works really well and i love the cover which shows the two eyes of bone breaker tom peering through the windows of the hall and sheltered behind the stone archways of the windows of the beleaguered npc adventure party and the ever honking mildred the goose 
If you're looking to get a hold of a copy of The Waking of Willoughby Hall, you can get it in PDF format from DriveThruRPG. At the time of recording, it's available for $7.50 US. If you want to get a hard copy, it's available from swordfishislands.com. At the time of publishing, it's $15 US. And like I say, it's a lovely little zine-sized adventure. If you're interested in a bit of a masterclass in how to do location adventures, or you just want something simple, slightly irreverent and fun, but with real interest built into it, then I highly recommend you check out The Waking of Willoughby Hall. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have and you want to tell us about it, maybe you didn't like it and you want to tell us about it, or if you want to talk about anything to do with tabletop RPGs, you can get in touch a few different ways. You might even be featured in a future episode. You can leave us a voicemail message using SpeakPipe or Anchor, or you can send us an email to oddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. So until we see you again, take care, stay safe, whatever you're playing, have fun. And also probably don't go stealing golden gooses from giants. Just my thoughts on the matter. Take care.